You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 87. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are going to continue the series of debunking some of the biggest myths you've heard as you've researched building and running PMOs. And today we're going to talk about the PMO Charter. Should you have a PMO Charter or not? And if not, how do you clarify the goals and priorities of your PMO. You are doing that, right? Don't worry. In this episode, we are going to dive into to charter or not to charter and how to effectively communicate the goals, priorities, services and capabilities, and impact you're making with your PMO, which will be critical to your success in getting and keeping that ever important stakeholder buy-in. Before we dive in, I'd like to let you know about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by ServiceNow. Built on the Now platform, ServiceNow's IT business management solution groups project portfolio management and agile capabilities into scalable packages that can grow with you as your needs change. Create greater value from your initiatives and enable change faster across the enterprise. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 087. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 087. Check out all ServiceNow has to offer right on the podcast page. Okay, let's dive in. So the big question is to charter or not to charter your PMO. Should your PMO have a charter? And when does it make absolutely no sense at all? And I can already hear some of you saying, uh, Laura, of course it needs a charter, right? Well, maybe not. It really depends on what kind of a PMO you're setting up. And there's a very easy way to know whether or not a charter makes sense for your PMO. If your PMO is the kind of PMO that's supposed to be around for a while, a sustainable business unit that's driving ongoing value, then you absolutely do not want to create a charter. Instead, you want to create a business plan. And here's why. Every other business unit in your organization is responsible for defining themselves in a way that illustrates that they're going to be sustainable, that they're going to make an impact, and exactly how they're going to do it. Why should the PMO be any different? Think about it this way. Would you ask the sales department or the finance department or the marketing department or the IT department to create a charter when they're starting out their organization? They'd probably look at you cross-eyed. If every other business unit in the organization creates a business plan and is accountable for showing how they're creating revenue, saving costs, delivering services and capabilities, meeting their goals and objectives, then why wouldn't the PMO be set up the same way? If you want to be treated like a business unit, like a sustainable impact driving organization, 
then you better act like it. Now, let me pause here for just a second and cover the type of PMO that is really meant to be for a single project or maybe a program. If it's really meant to be for a project or a program, then you can probably get away with a charter because it's probably more of what I would call a project organization for that particular project or program. And if that's the case, when the project or the program is finished, that project organization goes away. It doesn't stay around. So you can get away with a charter because it's really more about that project or program instead of a PMO or a sustainable business unit. But if your PMO is meant to be around for a while, then why wouldn't we set it up for success right from the start by having that mindset that we're creating a business unit and providing a sustainable value to the organization? Just think about it. If you're setting up a project office, and that's what I'll call the ones that are temporary, right? A temporary endeavor with a start, a finish, and a unique product, service, deliverable, and outcome created, sounds familiar, right? Then yes, it might need a charter because it's really about the project or program or product that's being created. Once it's done, it's done. And in that case, totally fine to create a charter because the charter is really about that project or the program, not about the PMO, which I call project office in that case. So whether you call it a PMO or a project team, if the group is meant to be temporary and serve the goals of one specific project or program, then yes, a charter is necessary, like it would be for any other project. However, if what you are building is really a PMO that is meant to stick around for a while, provide ongoing value to the organization, be a more permanent fixture in the organization, a real business unit, then that business unit needs a business plan. So think about it this way, charter, temporary endeavor, business plan, sustainable business unit. And let me really help you understand why this is so, so important. It sets the tone for the entire PMO right from the beginning. That which we treat as temporary, we will continue to treat as temporary. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That which we treat as a permanent sustaining solution to a business goal, we will treat as a permanent fixture to achieving that business goal. So if you create a charter for your PMO, you're basically saying that your PMO is a temporary solution. And if you say that your PMO is a temporary solution by creating a charter, you are giving all of your stakeholders an opportunity to ignore the PMO because it's temporary and it's going to go away. Now, you might feel like that's a stretch, but I'm telling you, sometimes the things that we don't say, the actions that we show can speak volumes. So if charter equals temporary and you've created a charter for your PMO, you've given your business leaders, your stakeholders, an opportunity to see this as a trial run, as a test, as an excuse to not participate. And that is dangerous. But if you set it up like it's a sustainable business unit, that permanent fixture right from the beginning and treat it like it is just as important because it is 
as the marketing department, the sales department, the IT department, the finance department, or any other department in the organization, then you are sending a clear message and a clear signal that we're here to stay and we want to be treated just like every other business unit, which means we want to be measured like every other business unit, which means we are going to build a business plan that shows how we are going to be accountable for driving impact in the organization. Now we'll talk more about what to include in the business plan in a minute, but I just want to make sure that this point is really hitting home for you because we often don't realize how much we set the tone when setting up an organization by how we talk about that organization how we plan for the work that we're going to do, and how we do that work. Why not set up your organization, your PMO, from the beginning as if you already have that support, stature, and credibility that's necessary to drive the organization more swiftly and thoughtfully to achieving their goals? I mean, that's what your PMO is there for, right? And that's why setting the tone is so important, because you might be thinking, but I don't have the credibility yet to feel comfortable with what we're creating with our PMO. And I get it. Shoot. Most of us don't feel comfortable in the beginning. I never did. Even when I knew exactly what we needed to do with the PMO, I still didn't have the confidence in the beginning that we'd really be able to deliver until we started delivering and building that credibility. So that's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out right from the start. And frankly, you don't create the business plan until you've assessed the organization for impact opportunities. That's why I have a whole module on that inside the Impact Engine PMO training program. Module two is all about assessing the organization for impact opportunities, then defining what the services and capabilities are that you could deliver. And then that's when you start creating your business plan, your roadmap, and all those things. You can't create a business plan the day you start your PMO. First, you've got to figure out how the heck you're going to show value and make an impact. And you cannot do that until you have had all of the appropriate conversations with the business leaders to understand their pain points, understand how you're going to be able to provide value and make the impact that you're supposed to make. You don't know that going in. And if you think you know it going in, you are guaranteed to be wrong. I dive deep into these questions that you should be asking before you start a PMO and how you can assess the organization for impact opportunities back in episode 19, episode 20, and then 21 is where you start determining what those right services are based on doing all that assessment work. So you can go back and listen to 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 if you want my step-by-step -step framework that I use for building and running PMOs. It's an overview of the same kind of deep dive stuff that I go into with my students in the Impact Engine PMO training program. So my point in mentioning all of that is it is critical that you have done your homework to assess the organization for where you're going to be able to make that impact before you put your business plan together. And even still, after you've done that work, you still won't be 100% confident that you've got it all figured out because we think we know. And then along the way, some stuff happens, stakeholders get involved, people change their minds, and we realize that half of our assumptions were wrong anyway. So we're never going to get it perfect. And we've got to be open to the possibility of what if in developing our solutions. 
So that's where I want to share a little trick with you that I learned in my professional speaking career. My coach, Michael Port, wrote this great book that I highly recommend to anyone and everyone that has to make speeches, give presentations, and learn how to present like a pro. And it's called Steal the Show by Michael Port. In his book, he talks about what is called acting as if. When you don't have the confidence or the comfort necessary for you to perform at your best in the role you're trying to create for yourself, the goal is to give you that confidence by acting as if you already know that you have the buy-in you need. You need to set your intentions and get purposeful about the outcomes you want to create. And that will feed into this business plan that you're creating. It doesn't mean that you don't make any effort into building that credibility and support along the way. You can't just fake it, but you have to go into this business of setting up a PMO and building your business plan with the clear intention that you will build that credibility and that support along the way. So think about this business plan as an opportunity for you to design the organization for now, not forever. If you're familiar with my Impact Engine framework, I have my students going through 90-day cycles, 90-day iterations where they continue to build and evolve their PMO, pivot as needs change, as new services need to be developed, to shift as the business needs of the organization are shifting. So you don't have to build a business plan or this big, heavy infrastructure framework around what the PMO is going to be for the rest of its life. You won't know how the organization should look a couple of years from now necessarily when you start building it, because you're going to be doing a lot of listening and surveying and collecting feedback and then planning, right? Like I said, module two, assess the organization for impact opportunities. You have to spend time doing that and you don't just do it once. When you're going through your 90 day cycles of continual evolution of your PMO, you're constantly listening and measuring and collecting feedback and evaluating how these services are working for people or not working and making adjustments along the way. But when you're creating this business plan, you can start to build where you think it should go and start small, build some key services, etc. Then as you get input and feedback, you continue to build upon what you've learned. This approach is guaranteed to work. Because if you're listening, if you're collecting the feedback, if you're truly building what they need, then you build the credibility along the way. So you want to create this business plan after you've gotten a sense of what they need and make it flexible enough to evolve as the needs of the organization evolve. So how do you know what you put in this business plan? Now you can do a quick Google search of business plans and you can get a good idea of what's needed. You can start with some basics like scope, what areas of the organization will you serve, services, how will you serve those areas of the organization, staffing, what staff will you need to perform these services, and stakeholders, who will you serve and how will you engage them. And that's a great place to start. And remember, you cannot answer these questions until you've done all of your assessment work to find out what the pain points are and where the business opportunities are. You've got to do that first. 
And just a little plug here for keeping yourself sane and your business leader sane. Do not ask them, what should the PMO do for you? Because they have no idea. They don't know. They don't know what the PMO should do or shouldn't do. And if you let them decide, you've been warned that that's not going to turn out well. But you can ask them about their pain points and what keeps them up at night and what their experience like is today going through the project process. If you ask and you dig, and again, go back and listen to those earlier podcast episodes like 19 and 20, you'll get a good sense of what questions you should ask and what services they really need. But just keep in mind that you can start simple and start small. So you can start with things like scope, services, staffing, stakeholders. You might even have a business plan template or an example you can use from another business unit in your organization. If all of the business units create business plans, that might be a good place to start as well. You don't have to create something from scratch necessarily. And my students in the Impact Engine PMO training program, for example, get a full walkthrough lesson on specifically what should be in this business plan with templates and worksheets to go gather all that information, et cetera, because I think it is so important that you get this right. But remember, this business plan won't be static. No organization is, therefore no business plan should be. What puts you at a distinct advantage here over other business units though is that you are good at planning. It's in your DNA. You can put together a plan in your sleep, and you probably do if you're a little bit like me. So don't let that be an imagined hurdle that this is really that complicated. And you might say, but then aren't we just creating a project or a project charter? Or you might be thinking, but isn't creating the PMO a project? Of course it is. Everything's a project in our view of the world, but that doesn't mean that we should Treat it like it's temporary because even the quote unquote project of setting up your PMO isn't really ever going to end because the PMO is going to continue to evolve just like every other business unit. So start with the end state in mind, if you will, of at least what you know now. And don't forget that you're building a sustainable organization and that you do need to get buy-in quickly. So that first question you're asking in that assessment process is why, why you're building the organization in the first place, what gap you're filling, what business problems you're solving, and then nailing down that big why is going to make all the rest of it a simple planning and thinking exercise, which is what you're so, so good at. So let me give you a taste of the kinds of things you might want to have in your business plan. These are the kinds of things that my students put together in their business plan when they're at that point in the Impact Engine program. They cover things like an introduction and a purpose, executive summary, historical context, business needs, scope, impact analysis, which I teach them how to do. How do you explain how you're going to measure and evaluate and report on the impact you're making as a PMO? I think it's important to have things like a vision and a mission like other organizations do. You would define your strategic objectives, like what the high level objectives are for the PMO. And that was determined when you collected all that feedback doing your PMO focus and assessment work. PMO guiding principles. I think these are important to set the tone for your PMO and for any staff that are in or work with the PMO. I give tons of examples of this inside 
the training program because I think there's some important things you may not think about, like the fact that your goal is to create outcomes and impact and that you're going to be focused on return on investment and that you will not focus on outputs over outcomes, meaning it's okay if the triple constraint has to change because we're delivering more value and the business wants that, right? So there's tons of ways that you can build that into your guiding principles of how decisions will be made. And that can save you from experiences where everyone sees you as the process police because you focus on whether or not everyone's checked all the boxes versus whether or not these are the right templates to use in the first place, right? It just sets a good tone. Of course, you're going to want to have very clearly defined roles and responsibilities, which may be a little squishy early on with your PMO, but over time, that's going to be something that will be really solid. And again, you can't do that until you've figured out the services you're going to deliver. And that's why, for example, I have my students do all their assessment work, define the services and capabilities before they start figuring out what staffing needs they have. Because if they hire all the staff before they figured out how they're delivering services, they may not have the right skill sets or strengths. And then you want to think about your PMO impact delivery plan for whatever your fiscal year is. And define what the services are going to be, when you expect to roll those out, and what that's going to look like. And my students will break down a two-year plan into 90-day increments so they can chunk out all the services that they're going to do and when they're going to deliver those services and how they're going to measure them. It's all covered because I think you really do need to be specific and clear on all of that. And that way you're building credibility right from the start because you're saying, okay, here's what you asked for. Here's what we're building our whole business plan around. Here's the services we're going to deliver. Here's when, here's how we're going to measure the value. And people can really see their pain points being addressed on a timeline. So that builds credibility and stakeholder engagement like nothing else. You speak their language, you tell them when you're going to solve their problems, they see you progressing towards that, they see you measuring that. It's a game changer. So that acting as if you might have to do in the beginning is really temporary because you are building that credibility so quickly. The PMO governance, the way you're going to govern uh, the projects, you are going to want to define the PMO governance model, the talent you're going to have, what methodology and process you're going to use, the tools that you're going to use, the metrics. We spend a lot of time on this in the program because it's very important that you identify not just metrics for your projects and how those projects are going to be evaluated for real return on investment, but how is your PMO going to be evaluated for return on investment? We also cover organizational change management, and you will hear a podcast from me soon on PMO organizational change management and the role I believe the PMO should be playing in organizational change. This ain't something you can outsource. Then there's other things that you need to include that a lot of business plans have. Critical success factors, assumptions, obstacles, what your stakeholder engagement strategy is going to be. You want to clearly lay that out. Organizational change management strategy. So not just how the PMO is going to support organizational change on projects, but how is the PMO going to itself ensure that the changes that the PMO is creating, the services that the PMO is creating are 
successfully absorbed and operationalized in the organization. And then a few other things, communications plan, financial plan, your impact timeline, that capability delivery roadmap I talked about, and your impact measurement plan. So there are tons of things that you can include. Some of my students take that whole template and all of the guidance and then just pull a few pieces out of it that they don't need and use the rest. But I think it's really important that you think through how you can use something like a business plan for your PMO to address some of your stakeholder management problems or your lack of engagement with stakeholder problems that you sometimes may experience through the use of this very powerful communications mechanism. Okay, phew, I know that was a lot. So you may decide to go back and listen to this again when you can take some notes on what can be included. Of course, I'd love to have you join the Impact Engine PMO training and implementation program. As you can see, we go through tons of detail in giving you step by step by step every single thing you should do and every bit of guidance that you need to not just learn about PMOs, but actually be able to implement your PMO, rescue your PMO, or up-level your PMO in a way that builds high impact as quickly as possible. You can check it out at http colon slash slash iepmo.com. That's iepmo.com. And you can learn all about this program. And I'd love to see you in there. Okay, I hope you have found this valuable. Thank you so much for your time today. If you loved this episode, definitely hit subscribe and make sure that you're downloading the episodes so you have them with you no matter your Wi-Fi signal. And as a reminder, don't forget this episode is sponsored by ServiceNow. Built on the Now platform, ServiceNow's IT business management solution groups project portfolio management and agile capabilities into scalable packages that can grow with you as your needs change and evolve in your organization. Create greater value from your initiatives, getting to that bigger impact, and enable change faster across the enterprise. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 087. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 087. Watch their demo and learn so much more about how they can help you make a bigger impact. Okay, Impact Driver, I can't wait to hear how you are trashing the charter and building your PMO business plan so that you are seen as the high impact PMO business unit that you are meant to be. Bye-bye for now.